I wanted to play them when I rolled dice. It's like BDSM. I hurt myself, and it gives them pleasure. Tokens pile up, and I inspire my fighters. I don't know how to play Slanesh, but every time I play them, I wound myself. Oh, I don't know how to play Slanesh. Oh no, no, no. They're the war band that makes me come a running. All vamped out like glissand. Whirling glaive and silken looking stunning. The best a man can get. To push deck cards. You know that I got him. Sex, cussling, slash. A top and a bottom So many wounds You'll need a physician Now get down on your knees I'm in a dominant position I don't know How to play Slanesh But every time I play them I wound myself Oh, I don't know How to play Slanesh Oh no, no, no They're all hedonistic Coat hooks through the wrist My leader's so masochistic Arrows of desire I'll push you, I'll pull you Slick slashes the goat He's got a lobster club for you I don't know How to place the mesh But every time I play them I wound myself Oh, I don't know how to place the mesh Oh no, no, no I want you I don't want anybody else And when I think about you I wound myself Ouch 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 I, I don't know How to place the mesh But every time I play Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworld podcast. I am Max Bernstein. I am Randall Slate. And with us today, straight from the great state of North Carolina, we have Jason Murray. Thanks for Hello. coming out, man. Thanks for having uh, me. 
yeah, we're going to ask you a few questions in a second. Just real quick, want to talk about a tournament coming up. Uh, straight out of Shade Spire tournament. Uh, the next one is a cam game tournament. will be on February 6th. That is at 8 a.m. You can go on Underworld's Deckers and sign up for that if you want. You just need a good webcam. And the cool thing about when you do the webcams is that unlike Vassal, you're actually using your minis and you're using all of your, uh, you know, all of your pieces and stuff and the cards you have to actually make the deck and um it's casual tournament it's a best of one um but i've been going to all of them and they've been a lot of fun and you get to play people from all over the world of course um so really recommend doing that um but again that is 8 a.m eastern standard time so uh you gotta really wake up in the morning if you want to play in that one uh all right so that's that oh and also the vassal clash is going on as we speak uh there's a lot of malog going on <laughs> um you guys will hear about it but it there, there's the potential of a malog v malog uh, final you know two seasons later um so yeah we'll talk about some of those cards later okay so uh jason what's up man not a whole lot you know the bills won yesterday so i'm in a good mood i was gonna say it's like i i feel as though as an as an actual new yorker and they are the actual only new york football team you know like the Giants and the Jets are like closer to the me, only... but they're technically in New Jersey. So what's that about? So I'm 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 on the Bills train today. I, I am. I I wanted to go all the way. All right. I'd like the, to see that. We'll welcome you to the bandwagon. Thanks. I I will absolutely sure. Great. I'm glad that there's a seat. Um. So that's cool. Um. Now we met you at Nova two years ago. Uh, playing down there with the other guys from the Battle Mallet crew. Um, and that was cool. I didn't actually ever get to play you though. I played Trace and I played Gerard. Yeah, I don't so, think we ever played. Yeah, yeah. the the in person games I don't think has has ever happened. I don't know. Randall and you and I played this past year, right? I the, I also <clears throat> have only played Jared and Trace at at Nova. So, oh, well, look at that. You know, I've met you. We've talked and only played online. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've we've played a bunch like in the leagues. Correct. Yeah. All right. So 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 how and why did you get in in the first place? Um, so I started uh right at the beginning of, of Shade Spire. Um mm -hmm. Trace so I guess the reason I got into it is I am a miniatures player, like I play a lot of 40k and similar games. Uh at the time we were bouncing around playing what feels like every miniature game under the sun from infinity to um, dystopian wars, like just a lot of games. Um, but there always seemed to be this feels bad when we got to the table. So 40 K, if you're not on the same page, as far as list construction and what you're looking for out of the game, it could lead to, you know, three to four hours of a really bad time from your opponent across the table because they just don't have a list that stands up to you or they're not trying to achieve the same goals out of that game. Uh, so when Shadespire Underworlds came out of the scene, it was like, hey, it's this competitive miniatures game. Get out there and play it. And yeah, first I didn't, I was like, yeah, Trace is talking it up, talking it up. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want another game. And as soon as I tried it, I was like, this is great. Because you can play the game for what it is and not feel bad because both people go into the game knowing what the outcome should be. Like it's a competitive game now you can scale it from here to there a little bit with the other modes and and just you know like your local local league maybe you bring an under optimized warband 
Um, but at the end of the day, it was a quick game. You got done in 30 minutes, and I, there wasn't that feel bad, at least for me. So that's what got me into the game. Right. Yeah, because 40K, like how long is a game of 40K? If you're playing fast, two and a half hours, three hours. But yeah. the way we play, it's like four. It's like your whole day is spent on one game. Right. Yeah, right. And there's also and so like if you're different. Some... Oh, sorry. There's also like different formats of 40K. Like the like there's different like mission types. And, you know, sometimes you might say, like, oh, we're doing these like tournament ITC missions or whatever. And then the other person has has never played that or whatever. So with Underworlds, it's definitely more uniform. Like there's really only one way to to do it yeah and i mean the game itself so the reason that i play tabletop games is for the social aspect and when you're playing underworlds you can get three four five games in a night and you know if you're at your local club you play in four or five different people and that social interaction just talking and and shooting the the shit while you're playing is fun so right and then on top of that like i know that when when you know the you know, the club was still open, you know, Randall and I would come, we would come with like two or three different warbands and two or three different decks. So it's not like you had to play the same thing over and over and over again. Like we yeah. can switch it up and there was more variety. Correct. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so where do you play? And so, uh, what's the scene like there? Who's in the scene with you? Yeah. So mostly out of Raleigh uh, at a local gaming uh, store called um, Game Theory. Uh, mm -hmm. But the local scene is the Battle Mallet crew. Uh, so myself, Trace, Jared, uh, and then we also have Jimmy. Jimmy Molini is a mm -hmm. local. Uh, yeah, he lives right down the street from me. So cool. throw throw was, stones at him. A, yeah, he was on our our Blade Coven episode, the infamous Blade Coven episode. Yeah, right. So <laughs> so that yeah, that's a local meta. Like, there's also another local player that plays uh, online, like Stephen Cavanis. So he's I think made it oh, to yeah. the finals of a couple of the the league yeah, games. Yeah, I played so. mm -hmm. yeah. Is, uh, is Brendan Hussman in your group, or is he he's South Carolina, though? He's South Carolina, so we do see him sometimes. Like, when we have the okay. larger events, he'll come up. Um, and a couple guys from the Virginia, uh, uh, you know, uh, H2O coach, Sean, he'll come down from time to time, or we'll go, we'll go down and play with Brandon. So, I mean, we have – we're in a really good area that attract a lot, a lot of players. I mean, even um, – uh, oh, Matt – What's their podcast? Um, Crit oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crit Def crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so he yeah, been, he's Martin. been up once or twice. Matt Martin, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, he was on the show. He did our, uh, he did our uh, Wild Hunt. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, so that's a pretty robust crew. Um, a lot of successful players there, too. Uh, what is your favorite Underworlds faction to play lifetime and why? Like, what's Like, what's the one that you feel the best about? Or have this the is fondest the, memories. Yeah, this is the hardest uh, question for me because I always try to play the what's not bad, <laughs> like or what is bad, I should say. Um, uh, Warband. So I spent a lot mm -hmm. of time with Godswin Hunt, but I think for my favorite, I have to go back to the Sepulchral Guard. It's what I played at the first Nova when I met you guys. Um, at the time, objectives were not popular at all. It was the you don't know, don't play objectives and making it to the cut with with them in the first Nova. Uh, keeps them near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah. Back then, it was mostly like you would play either like uh, well, I played Magors, Magors running around. Uh, you know, Turtle Cast was like a thing back then. Um, and uh, you know, like and and Spike Claw Swarm was pretty good. Yeah, and um, orcs, yeah, but orcs I, dominated 
back then too is from representation side yeah that's that might be true i don't think that they were i think that once you know uh, uh Migor's fiends came out they just did what they did but better so I, th- I think after after they came out they weren't as good but um yeah no but but they were around yeah they were represented i think i think uh i think uh, uh i think gerard was playing them yeah jared played yeah. works the whole yeah. whole first season um but Migor's fiends took over the scene when they did come out yeah right all right cool um so uh success rates how much glass you got man um tournaments so just locals i have four um with four yep. different war bands and then um so i have i have far striders um nice. oh lord godsworn hunts that's that so was nice. the one that was whoa was that, what uh, that's that's <laughs> tough uh the iron skull boys which came in last season so that was a, a fun little win there uh and then despoilers Okay, cool. Oh, so so with the wait, you won one with the crushes. No, iron. No, 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 no. You played one with the iron skull boys. I remember that. Yeah, because you played that, and then I tried it too, and I like almost won with it. Like I, I, but I was playing against Grimwatch when Grimwatch was like a big thing. Yeah, luckily uh, Grimwatch didn't really take off down here. So, okay, well that's good. All right, cool. And uh, and last thing, best finish in a grand clash was the first Nova with with the Sepulchral Guard finishing sixth. Sixth. So that was only three spots behind me. Yeah, because you blew it in the end, yeah. right? Yeah. I blew it in the end. That's what happened. <laughs> no, no, you know what happened though? Actually, that came down to the board roll-offs. I I, I still maintain that it, it that that match that I played against Harold. And by the way, Harold, I don't know if you're still listening, I don't know if you still play this, but you still haunt my nightmares. I just want <laughs> you to know. Um, because I blew him out in the first game because I had I won the board roll-off and just it was like something like 16 to seven or something like that. I just like completely demolished him. And then like, I came back and we played two more games and he was playing turtle cast and he just won both board roll offs long boarded me. I remember um, hidden pass only came up once in those two games. It was just like, I still can't, I still don't know what the hell happened there because <laughs> I definitely had. And the only reason why he won actually that card where if you have it on a guy it's just you get an extra glory at the end of the game if he's alive oh because yeah. that's why he won it, it, he, he had that i i forget what it's called but it was, it was um yeah. yeah i'd have to look it up but um but it was that one where and they, they eventually restricted it um because this was before restrictions happened at all oh yeah i know yeah. i know which one you're talking uh, about i can't remember the name it. yeah I don't remember it, but I, I I still like I'm still haunted by that because that's why you won. It was like it was t- the last game was ten to nine. Wasn't like, it, it was, like uh, it, like shining example was the leader one, right? Where if the leader was still alive, and yeah, yeah, but that was an objective. Oh, it was an objective. Like this was this was an upgrade. An upgrade, yeah, it was an upgrade that you could put on anyone, and it just said if this fighter is alive in the third round. That's it. You just that's win. it. You just yeah, get an extra one. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, don't worry about it because that card is a relic card anyway. Um, Jason, we have you on because we've been playing, um, you've been playing uh, Slanesh. That card was called A Destiny to Meet, by the way. A Destiny to Meet. Yes, that was it. Okay, that's that's what got me. Uh, Continue, continue. Interrupted. My (laughs) destiny to win Grand Clash Gold. And I I can't, I can't even. I'm just going to stop right now before I 
before just, the entire like episode, just gonna be me like talking about how fucking mad <laughs> I am. All right, so Jason, what we really have you on here to do is to talk about the Slanesh Warband, the Dread Pageant. Um, they're uh, they come out of the core box. Um, they look pretty cool. You know, I dig Sex Cow. He's the best. It's like Slash that guy with the lobster claw, kinky. Yeah, uh, tell me, Jason. Let, let's talk about some of our um, just general thoughts on the warband before we get into specifics. Um, anything that you think stands out to you as, as a as a person who's been playing uh, playing them since uh, they came out? Yeah, so they they really speak to me not just because there are they are cool sculpts, um, but they're just not a straightforward warband. Um, you know, I think that their best play is kind of like a control flex style. I call it hold two. And I, I like war bands that are not straightforward and cause disruption and make you have to think about objective control. That's, you know, I played a lot of Mourn flight and, and other things like that. And these, mm-hmm. I would say that this war band is very similar to, to that Mourn flight style. Um, they're just a little bit more difficult because you have two, two wound fighters. Yeah. There's a, they have a different toolkit. Absolutely. Yeah, they definitely, it's not like uh, other war bands where the deck that goes with them kind of builds itself. You can kind of go a lot of different ways and it's not as immediately apparent which strategy you're going to take. Yeah, but their inspired condition is horrible. So, I've played a lot of games against uh, the Slanesh and I would say that they just just because they're very popular right now and i have not been playing them um i've been playing against them and um i i think if if i were to guess the my opponents uh inspire maybe 30 percent of the time yeah it's that's like it doesn't really come up that's about what i'll inspire but i also don't design my deck to inspire right so you could right you could design a deck to focus on the inspire but i just Looking at the inspired side of the fighters, I don't think there's enough to gain there to really design the deck to to leverage the inspire. If it happens, great. Your fighters become a little better. But if it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen. Um, right, and we'll talk know, about the slash lines in a minute. The the other thing, too, that I think a lot of people, you know, you look at the warband and you see the leader who's, you know, he's pretty good. He's, you know, an average fighter. And then you see the big the Blake Slake Slash, um, but the linchpin for me is Glissette. Uh, her stat line mm-hmm. and just what she brings to the Warband, I think a lot of my strategy revolves around her getting some dice rolls. So, I, I, Yeah, I, I've actually forgotten several times that she's always hard. Yeah, she has two, like, so starts like, off at two dice, two defense dice, two and dice. on guard yeah. all the time. That's all the time. Right. That's pretty good. So it kind of makes her like it makes her like having two wounds. Like if she had more wounds than that, it would be a problem. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else, Jason, about that uh, that we think is interesting about this warband? Just yeah. The, I mean, the only other thing that you have to be knowledgeable of when playing with them is they struggle with damage output. Like, I mean, they're they're going to have to rely on cards to get your damage up. Because everybody's at two damage until the leader inspires, uh, which we've stated doesn't always happen. So that two damage can can be difficult to take out some of the big boys. Right. 
So, uh, so what's your overall just hot take on this? Because you know, the uh, one one player brought it to the Vassal Clash and made the made the cut, but then lost in the in the quarters. Do you think that these guys are you know are these like a championship team here? I don't think they're S tier. I mean, I think you know the the state of the game right now. I think a lot of warbands could put up a good fight, and I think they fall into that kind of mid tier. You can win with them, but you, you know you need something to go your way, whether that's card draw or dice. Um, you need you need a break during the game, and that's once again why I think Lissette and those two dice defense they, that type of role could break the game for you to be able to win it. Right. All right. Cool. So let's um let's talk about these fighters. Uh, let's talk about these fighters here. All right. So we got um uh, all right. So we'll start with the uh, Vasilak. The gifted, um, he's the leader of this crew. He's got the coolest shield in the game. That's for <laughs> certain. I mean, with those eyeballs. So, do you think like if this was like a real dude, like would those eyeballs like blink, or are they just They'd like... wink at you? Wait, are they winky? They okay, so we Good have. <laughs> so we have we have an uh, we have an attack profile of two two and two. Um, so that's a uh, two range, two smash, two damage. Uh, the bottom slash line is four, one, four, uh, for four move, one shield, four wounds. Um, when inspired the, um, the, the spear gains, uh, damage and cleave. And, um, when inspired the, he gets a little faster, he goes up to five movement. Everything else stays the same, but the reaction here is really interesting. And, and Jason, if you could, after I read it, just like, tell me like, how often do you use this uh, reaction during the fighter's attack action after the deal damage step? Pick one, deal one damage to this fighter, or heal one from this fighter. And I think I've noticed that when I've been playing against players who have um, who have had this, I don't remember them saying like I'm dealing a damage or I'm not dealing a damage. I feel like a lot of time they forget. Like I was playing against Tom Bond, which was like the the last game yesterday, and you know me and Tom, like we we just like spent the entire time like cracking jokes at each other. But I was attacking his guys. I was attacking Slick Slash and Vasilak, and he was and he was attacking with uh, me with these guys too. I don't remember him ever dealing damage to himself or healing himself. I don't remember him ever doing either of those. So like, I, is this something that you think of? I I have not used it once. In, in either fashion, right. whether to heal or to damage. Uh, it, you know, I would say probably 50% of my games, I may have just forgotten about it. Um, but also, too, just just going through it. Like, if you're going to deal yourself a damage, you're probably taking a fighter that you feel pretty safe with. So, like, you know, this, he's four wounds. If I deal him a damage and take him down to three, there's a lot of fighters, not a ton, but a lot of fighters that can do just base three. If I'm, right. you know, if I'm at one or two wounds, and I go back up to two or three wounds. What does that really matter? It it, it doesn't. Uh, and then with Slake Slash, who also has the same reaction, I'm at five wounds. I go down to four. Now I become, a, you know, a, a fighter that is easier to deal with. So I just, I know it's there to help with the Inspire mechanic. And it could come into play. Like, you know, if you're dealt plank damage and you heal back up, great. But for the most part, it you just don't need it. Or you forget about it, one or the right. other. Yeah, I've yeah, definitely I mean, used like... the I've definitely used the heal on Slake Slash. Like maybe he takes a hit, and then I run in there and deal a you know an attack, and then I heal myself up back to like four or something like that. 
mm-hmm. I've definitely used that. But I, I don't think I've ever I've... used the deal damage. I, I do use the... There's an upgrade where <clears throat> you can deal damage to yourself and then you get a benefit. But that's the only time I've ever like dealt purposely dealt damage to myself. Yeah. Like, I, I just know that I've played... I must have played against these guys 10 times or so since since they were released. And I just... I think people are forgetting that they can do that. You know, it's kind of like with, uh, you know, even to this day when I play Lady Harrow, forget that if you attack somebody else when she's inspired, she can like push herself. Yeah. Like that's on the card. And I always forget to do it, even though there are some cases where it'd be really beneficial. And I just feel like a lot of people are kind of missing that. So everybody keep that in your mind. Vassalak and Slick Slash, they can heal themselves back and they can do it whether they're inspired or not. So, so don't forget. Um, okay, so that's Vasilak. Uh, pretty good. He's he's a little little uh, scritchy, isn't he? Yeah, it's kind of like a very similar profile to Scritch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for yeah. Uh, except for the the defense. All right. Um, okay, now for Sex Cow. Um, <laughs> basically, looks like a reject from the Hunger Games. You know, like one of those you know crazy you know what? hybrid genetically engineered Hunger Games models that they had in. He looks like one that they were thinking about, and they're just. Um. So here he is, Slake Slash Hunter and a Quarry. What's going on there? That's pretty cool. Uh, so he's like a top. So he's like a top and a bottom. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it is. It is cool that he has both the the keywords, although a bit strange that you're Hunter and a Quarry, but mm-hmm. I guess that fits the the theme of Slanesh. I mean. It kind of does, right? Like, <laughs> people want him, but they also want to be gotten by him. <laughs> I understand. I get it. Tapping my nose right now. I feel you. Okay, so um, let's see. the The attack profile slash line is one three on furies and th- and two damage. The uh the the defense profile is uh four one on shields and five wounds uh has the exact same reaction as vasilak um and then when you inspire him um basically he just gains one die on the on the attack so it goes to a one four two and then gains one um one movement so to five one five um yeah uh yeah it's not a big difference yeah, but he is the bully. Like, so I think when an opponent across the table from uh-huh, you, get it, the bully. <laughs> I get it. All right. Uh, when the opponent's across the table from you, they're probably looking at him with the five wounds, going, "Oh, I have to deal with that yeah. fighter." Um, and I, I mean, I use him in a little different way. Like, I use him as my own board defense, so I kind of leave him back, and he can go in because he is extremely accurate. Like, three dice or yeah. four dice is is great just having it on the card um and the five wounds in this you know in in this season is is important because if he had six he'd give up an extra glory so having that five five is is really really nice it it makes him beefy but not giving up extra glory yeah and since he has the heal mechanic which we um we so I, I'm putting you know great fortitude on this guy doesn't really make any sense because if he gets hit you can just go attack with him in game you know like and heal yourself up. World makes less sense anyway. Um, all right, so yeah, big guy, love the lobster claw. It's very fetching. Um, Hadzu, uh, Hadzu is uh, let's see, he's our he's a hunter. 
um, which actually I forgot and that mattered in the last game against Tom. Um, let's see. And he has the Arrows of Desire. Let's talk about these because these are pretty crazy. Um, it's a three range, three fury, one damage. But it says on the card, in the drive back step of this attack action, instead of driving the target back, you have to you can push the target up to one hex. So so two questions on this. Does this so is this optional? Because it's not a uh, reaction. Yeah, I this is the way that it's my opinion, and I think that that's the way it reads that in the drive back step where you would normally drive the fighter back, this happens. You have to push so you so just anything, have to push him. So can you snare with him? No, right? Because snare is like when you drive them back. Right. Um, See what I'm saying? It's a good, yeah, it's a good question. But this is a push. Yeah, if, if snare says specifically... Snare says, Let me look it up, hold on. Drive back, or is snare say after the drive back step? Let me look it up, Oh, yeah, that's true. We have to take a look at that. Um, so while, uh, while we have our crack research team working on that... <laughs> <laughs> um we'll uh we'll get back to that well the, the cool thing second. about it is um it, it it when it just says push you can do it in any direction it doesn't have to like any be direction. away right. yeah well, right so if they're one away from a lethal hex even if it's in front of them you can still yoink them in. okay all right so snare says reaction play this during a friendly fighters friendly hunters attack action after it drives oh. back an enemy the enemy fighter is dealt one damage after they drive them back, or play, after the drive back step? Play, play this during a friendly hunter's attack action, comma, after it drives back an enemy fighter, period. So the enemy fighter is dealt one damage. So, so I, I, I don't think you know. can snare. I don't think I don't you think can you snare. Can yeah. But this All is right. kind of I mean, thematic with... Uh, on it. It's kind of thematic with what Slanesh do in other games. They have a lot of, like, they're they're able to manipulate the enemy fighters by like moving them or forcing them to to move in a certain direction so this is kind of a cool a throwback to, yeah, to it, other games it, it's my opinion like hatsu would normally just sit in the back and and hold an objective like that would be his only role but by him having this ability makes him very situationally useful because in you know in the current state a lot of people get on an objective they'll go on guard they'll They'll have an ability where they can't be driven back. Yep. All of these things yeah. to keep them on an objective. And this just negates it. And it's a fairly accurate attack. When he, If he does inspire, he goes to four range. So I've used this a lot of times to kind of free up an objective for oh. me to score other cards. So. Well, if you, if you pair that with his, with his movement, it's actually like his threat range is actually enormous. Yes. Because he's got three range on four movements because his bottom slash line is four one two and then on dodges. And then when he's inspired, the attack profile goes, as you said, goes up to four range, but he has five movements. So that's like a nine. I mean, you can I mean, if you're playing wide, you can basically hit anything from anything like. Yeah. Hadzu can just come out of the woodwork and just like nail you from across the board, corner to corner almost. Um and, it, yeah. and you don't have to deal any damage. Like the cool thing is, is yeah, you still have to roll a success, right? But if you get right. to that where you yeah. kind of match success for success and you enter the yeah. drive back step, you can still push mm -hmm. them. So it right. really can negate those the fighters that are on guard or the Gortox of the world that can't be pushed. Yeah, Gortox sitting there going like, as long as it's not Hadzi, 
uh, they yeah. FAQ'd this four times, and I can't be pushed back. It's like, no, no, you're you're pushed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're not driven back. Pushing bro. you, not driving you back. Different. Different. All right, and now, and now for the clear, clear diamond in the rough, the Princess Jasmine of uh, of Shadespire, uh, Glissette, who is clearly the best thing about this organ. <laughs> Better than Sex Goat. Glissette is, is just. I think you're. You gotta love her. Overhyping it a little too much, but she I'm is just definitely saying good. it's like Jagathra. Jagathra is so mad at me because I've moved on so much. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm, and you know what? It's like I don't care about the mask at this point. Like I'm just. I'm there for it. Like, just like she's definitely hot underwear. under the mask. Oh, you gotta. Oh, you know she is. Yeah, yeah. is she? But okay. that's the lure of the mask. Is you just don't know. You're like I want to see. Hmm. She's got to be. Uh, don't 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 ruin my dreams. I gotta tell you something. Like you know, I I, I like I like ladies with muscles. It's like that's yeah. like, <laughs> that. like, it, man. All right. Anyway, let's go. So Glissette got a lover. Um, she's uh, got a two two and two attack profile on Furies, um, with the bottom slash line of uh, four two and two on dodges. Um, she is just on guard. Period. This fight, this fighter on is guard. on guard. Done. But here's the interesting thing: we actually looked this up because, because again, this came up in the, in the match with Tom. We actually had to look this up. So she's on guard, but she doesn't have a guard token, so she can actually still take a guard activation. So if there's some reason why you okay. want okay. to do that, you can. She'll get a guard token as well. Yes. Yeah, yes. like if okay. you're using the if you're using the um, gauntlets or something, you need to give her an yeah. activation. To yeah, that's something. actually I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And she he didn't want to move. Yeah. All right. Um, now, when she's inspired, though, a lot of stuff happens. Um, first of all, her regular attack gains a, uh, a a die, so she goes up to two, three, two on Furies. But she also gains a scything attack, the Whirling Glaive. Um, I don't know if there's any reason to use this, um, but we're talking um, a one, three, one scything attack uh, mm -hmm. on Furies. She also gains a little bit of speed. She goes up to. Five. It's just alive. She's very complex, and I like that. I like complex women. Good stuff. So let's talk about the inspire condition a little bit. It it's kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest. I I, I wish that GW would stop with the whole meme numbers thing, and how six is Slanesh's number, seven is Nurgle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they've they've done this a lot in the past, and it just it's just kind of silly and unnecessary and a lot of times doesn't fit with like the balance of things. So th this is like, if, if at any point there are six wound tokens out on either your fighters or enemy fighters, then your whole team gets inspired. And it just, it's, it, it, it almost never happens. And when it does happen, like you have to really be, you have to really be paying attention to make sure, you know, it does happen. And then I remember I was playing against Max and there was, a time where like he attacked me and then used like a card to deal an additional damage to me but actually I I would have became inspired cuz it like happened in an activation and then it was immediately his power step and then he did the one damage in his power step so like you have to really be on top of it to make sure you know uh when it happens but like I I kind of wish it was either 5 or something like that 4 or 5 or five, they had the 5 what, would be great yeah. 5 would be good 5 would be a little bit more reasonable or if they had um 
kind of like what the Blade Coven have, where if it's just like if it if it's the third round, then everybody gets inspired anyway. But I guess they don't want to give that to two two of the same warband. Yeah, or think? if it was six, like even with out of action fighters, right? Like it's just it's so hard to do six alive fighters. Yeah, and a lot of times it would require you to wound yourself, which, as we said, is like kind of not the best thing to do because then you're opening yourself up to getting one-shotted and none of them really gain defense or health when they're inspired. Only uh, Hadzu does. He gains uh, extra defense dice. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think this, this Warband is, uh, you know, fun to play. They're, they're definitely not, like, we're not like sitting here, you know, worrying about like balance issues with them. They're just a fun warband, and uh, you know, me and Jason were talking. We really like the the design of the new Slanesh models. Like they uh, in the last uh, maybe two years, they've been redoing a lot of Slanesh. They redid the demons um, a little while ago, and then now they're doing this what they call Hedonites of Slanesh for Age of Sigmar. Which are more of like the human warrior side of the of the of of the chaos army, and they've done this in the past. You know, they have like the the blood. What are they called? The the bloodborn? No, they're not. It's not bloodborn. Um, blood oath is that? No, for the corn, they have like the the oh, blood the, warriors. The, yeah, the reavers are a prime example of yeah those. And they've done coming. like the acolytes for Zinch, and they've done the blight lords for. Um, Nurgle. So now they're finally getting around to Slanesh and they, they kind of have this cool like a uh, sort of like Persian theme like kind of like from the movie 300 where they have like the, the masks and like the piercings and the, the gold treatments and uh, it's pretty nice. So, like And they're able to do Slanesh in a way where it's not like everybody's naked you know and Missed opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, but they, you know, they they do have to, you know, consider their audience. You know, there are a lot of children who play this game, and they don't want to have, you know, like here's the Space Marines, here's the naked ladies with crab claws. You know, see, I think right that that's that, you know? a bad idea from like a, like a, you know sales standpoint because if you got a bunch of like teenage boys playing this game, and it's like. The entire warband is like naked. Yeah, but the teenage boys have to get their parents to buy it for them. Shh, you just you just hide it under the mattress. Okay, okay. <laughs> Come on, man. But, We've all been there. You know, if they had to do it, I I I do like where they're going with this. What do you yeah, think, Jason? It, yeah, it keeps the historic feeling of Slanesh and you know, modernizes it to really uh, be acceptable by by everybody. You know, like there isn't the the naked boob hanging yeah. out or uh you know over overly sexualized uh sculpts but yet it still feels slanesh and that's why i like them uh so much is that you look at it and you're like yeah that's a slanesh model but it's not you know when they redesigned the demons they had the row of six boobs hanging out so mm. um you know <laughs> they it's, made it's, they it's made us all happy i think <laughs> Wait, hold on how many it was well, so th- they redid six? the the fiends. They they redid the uh this the, these models called. That's Slanesh like if fiends. you roll six double supports. Yeah, <laughs> it's they, it's the it's the total recall times two. They they did redo some of the demons and they did keep the 
a lot of the the old design with them just like remade them in in plastic so they were able to you know anybody who still wanted that they're still happy and then they're able to make this new faction the with the humans the hedonites and I, I i like this design too so i think they reached a good middle ground yeah i it was it was smart and the sculpts are the models look amazing while still making you feel like they're slanesh and they have a whole range like the the hedonites they have a whole range coming out that look a lot like these guys they have like uh dudes riding on seekers that look kind of like um Lisette, you know except they're riding on steeds yeah they are and then they have um you know the the more heavily armored guys that look kind of like vasilak boo they have you know helmets with feather plumes on them and they have more armor and it just looks great. I, I think that that would definitely be a cool army to play. All right, guys, you ready to talk about the cards then? Definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so what we decided to do here um, is that we've uh, broken up the cards into um, different categories. So we have like auto includes. These are uh, objective cards that we think you're going to use no matter what play style you're doing. Um, we have think cards that we think are strong. That means that they're kind of like, you have to kind of think about whether to include them or not, no matter what. Um, but maybe they're like a bubble card, but maybe not. It depends on what you're into. Um, and then we have particular ones that we would recommend if you're playing a particular play style. Um, so let's take a look at those. But we'll start with the auto-includes. And the first one we're going to do is Excess of Avidity. Um, and Avidity, of course, is that that thing where like you you really like to do something. So if you're like an avid reader, you, you spend a lot of time doing that. Um, Excess of Avidity says it's a two glory end phase scoring card. Score this in an end phase if your warband holds more objectives than any other warband. It's basically a reprint of Nexus of Terror and, of course, the, the new uh, generic card, Dominant Position. Uh, what do you guys think about this for this warband? Given my playstyle with all the pushes, uh, I love it. Uh, I can mm. definitely control the board where I have have more. Uh, or at least one if you have none. Um, and then you can also do Glorious Triumph too, is right? So, well, yeah, you so you like it in your more like control flex warband where you you have like a lot of push cards. So you can, like, for example, get on two. And if your opponent has is also on two, you can push them off. And then yeah. I like it in, I, I guess, my more aggro focused one where you can get it with Glorious Triumph. Yeah, you can just stand on one. Let's say they're on two. You can stand on one objective, kill their guy on the other objective, and play Glorious Triumph, and then you have you have more than them. Yeah. So this and, this uh, I think is is definitely for and for two like this is definitely their their easiest one to score that's worth more than one point. I think. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, so the next one we got over here is called uh, Endless Revel, and this is just an amazing card here because it's first of all it's a surge it's worth one but it's a surge and it's really strong score this immediately after an activation mm. not in the end phase after an activation if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens and they don't say how many they don't say at least yeah, there's two no or minimum anything like yeah. That. yeah yeah you could just be like running around with slake slash and he's the only one that's left and and have him move or charge and that's it you just score this yeah and you definitely are going to be moving and charging with this warband, you know, you definitely want to get on oh, the yeah. objectives and You'll you want to, yeah. yeah, 
Their really movement is something guys. you really They're have to move. leverage. Yeah, and they and they all have they have like decent range too. Like they you know they move four, and then Vasilek and Glissette hits for, have range two, and then Hadzu has range three. So even if you get a unfavorable board position, you should you should still be able to to get the charges you need. Jason? I think so. Like this one? Yeah, it's it like you said, it, you know, turn 1, you're maybe have to burn an activation that you don't want to to get a move token or a charge token. Um but really like when you get into turn 2 or in 3, you're probably going to have like three fighters left and the fact that I can move onto an objective and then, you know, move another person onto objective and then make one charge and it meets the conditions of only have 3 as long as they have them. Yeah, this is it really should be an auto include in any play style, uh, and as the game goes on, can be extremely easy to score. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't predict Slanesh becoming like kind of OP, you know, meta dominating. But if they were, this would be like an obvious restriction. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not like a, I mean, like they're 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 it's not, not like, like the Grimwatch ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one you have to do some planning and and you know at least spend a couple activations to do it. And then also you know, the the fact that it's a surge well, is really great too. You know, yeah. you have everybody move and then you get that little glory bump. You can put like maybe a defensive upgrade on somebody after you've done all yeah. your movement. Or I you mean, put... I I don't think these guys are ever going to be in a position where you're going to have to like restrict any of their cards. But I'm just saying like if they if for some reason they start to become OP, like this is going to have to be like one of those. I, I just think that's so incredibly easy, especially later in the game. Yeah, I'm glad, they, um, okay. glad they didn't put the minimum, like, you have to have minimum three fighters left to do this. That would suck. <laughs> right, because then otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it yeah. like this. Yeah. And uh, so, so speaking of one that's, like, strong, we think that this is, like, a good card. We don't know if this is one you definitely take, but take a look at it. Uh, we like uh, Excess of Vainglory, uh, a Surge, a Hybrid. So you have that, that's, uh, remember, hybrids or anything that have the or condition. You could do this or that. Um, you know, you could deal with this. Or you could deal with that. You could deal with this. You could deal or with that. that. Okay, so, or that. Because this or is where us. it's at. Right. Uh, score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action if one of these two things. That attack action takes uh, an enemy fighter with two or more upgrades out of action. So if you're targeting something that's kind of loaded up. Or if the, if the friendly fighter who, who took the attack action has three or more upgrades on them. So as long as you have some upgrades out or if your opponent does. So like later in the game, this is obviously a lot better. Um, but that's why we thought it was strong and not great because it's not that great at the beginning of the game. Maybe yeah, round one is a little tough. Given the current meta, a lot of people are playing show force, which, you know, is three upgrades, part yeah. of it, of the hybrid. Um, and the nice thing here is if you're, if you have those three upgrades on your friendly fighter, your attack action doesn't have to succeed. It doesn't have to kill them. You just have to make an attack action right. and you score this. So pretty good. Who, who do you like to load I, upgrades I on? Yeah. Jason. Uh, so when I first started playing the Warband, I loaded a lot onto uh, Slake Slash or Glissette, depending on what was going on. But lately, as I've gotten more familiar, I put it on the leader. Um, getting yeah, getting him like... up to more wounds, uh, getting him a little more you know accurate with a lot of damage. I've used him as my aggressive uh, person that like kind of goes into the range. to their yeah. board. So, mm -hmm. 
All right, yeah. cool. Uh, so here's uh, here's a couple of ideas you might want to take a look at if you're playing aggro um, with these guys. The first one we, we thought might be uh, something to look at if you're playing aggro is Godseekers. And Godseekers is an un end phase two glory. Score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory. So it's kind of like conquest, but at any end phase. Mm -hmm. So if you're yeah. so if you're playing aggro and moving in, maybe you take a look at this card. Yeah, it pairs well with endless rebel because you could have one fighter left and score the card. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't give a number. Yeah, it's um, not really so that difficult to do with this warband, but it it is risky to do that. You you're putting a lot of your two wound fighters in tough positions if you do that. But for two and any end phase, it's pretty nice. Cool. Um, and then another one, if you're playing aggro, you might want to take a look at Grizzly Tableau. And Grizzly Tableau is a surge for one glory. Score this immediately. And if, if a friendly fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter holding an objective out of action. So, um, you know, and you have a lot of push tech probably in this group, so you could probably throw them onto one. Um, and, and then, and then go and attack them. So, um, again, if you're, if you're dealing some damage, if you're trying to play aggro, you might take a look at this. In, yeah. In the current, current meta, it's really strong because there is so much objective play. Yeah. Yeah. But the, on, the only reason I wouldn't make this like an auto include in every deck is that these guys kind of struggle with damage a little bit. So if you have a guy who's on guard, has great fortitude or whatever, and he's on the objective, you might struggle a little bit to actually remove him from the objective. You definitely yeah, need some yeah. upgrades out before you can score this, unless unless you're playing against like Gits or um, Thorns or something like that. And if you're playing against Molog, it's useless because right. no one holds an objective. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we had one idea for if you're playing these guys in a more flex or control uh, fashion, and that is excess of indolency, and, uh, which of course means laziness. Um, it's a hybrid. Uh, score this in an end phase to glory if, uh, so you have two, cho two choices here, there are no enemy fighters with any move or charge tokens. I don't know how easy that's going to be, unless, of course, they're... Uh, yeah, that's going to be kind of difficult to prevent your opponent from getting those tokens. Yep. Um, but you can also do it by just holding two or more objectives. Yep. Which, yeah... And Jason was talking about his, you know, hold two style, right. and this is definitely a card that would go in there. Yeah, I, I love the picture because it's Glissette and Hadzu just kind of like taking a siesta. They're just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. chilling. <laughs> it is good it, artwork. Yeah, they tell you how to play, and it's it's really the anti-control. Like you know, if a warband ever came up again, where they're just sitting in the back of the board doing nothing like reading tomes like back in the day mm -hmm. yeah you could score this with no move or charge tokens but it's in my deck because of the whole two just whole two two glory gotcha. two good glory deal. yeah it's great all right sounds and it's good. also all a right, hybrid that... if you're playing those cards that care about whether the the cards are hybrids or not i forgot what the that one's called like if you score Oh, to the Couple end. hybrid, yeah. No, no, not to the yeah. end. Or, or um, uh, like um, the strategies. I forgot yeah. which one it is. Though. One of the one of those. There's one objective that says like if you've scored this many hybrids, and yeah, and right. it, even though you're mostly using this for the 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 second thing, it does count as a hybrid, so you can use yeah, it for that. There you go. You guys want to get into gambits? Yes. 
Oh, I okay. want to get into them. Let's get into these gambits. Uh, so we have a couple that we consider auto includes, uh, some that we think are just strong. Maybe you take it. And then, of course, there's like, you know, ones for particular uh, particular play styles. Um, but for auto includes, we said Lure of Slanesh is an auto include. This is a gambit. Uh, choose one fighter. Push the chosen fighter. One fighter. Enemy. Yep. Anybody. You know, friendly. Doesn't matter. Uh, push the chosen fighter one hex or up to one hex for each surviving friendly fighter with one or more wound counters. So that means that if you have, you know, like if you have damage to, you know, uh, Vaslak and and um, and Slake Slash, you can actually move them too. Yeah. And if you have it for like one on each one of them, you can move that guy four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's pretty strong. So so if it just said choose, you know, choose one fighter, push that fighter one hex, and stopped. Yeah, that would also that would this already, is already be already really a good. amazing yeah, card, yeah, right? Yeah. It's 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 a sidestep or it's a uh, or it's a, a distraction because already that's great. Yeah, the but, dwarves um, have something just, like this, right? The, yeah, the, they do. Just yeah. choose um, a fighter and push them one hex. Yeah, push them right. Um, but but uh, this has the potential to be even more than that. So I I think this is very very strong. This is definitely an auto include in in every in every okay. deck. I'd say push push cards are already so good, and the fact that this one can be used on anybody is just amazing and then i don't know the the fact that it can be potentially more than one is just great put this in your deck put yep. it in there it's yep. my favorite put it in one. there never take it out it, it's slanesh so you should definitely just be putting it in there put it in it out. yeah um the next one speaking of putting it in there and never taking it out um <laughs> this next one that we like is called rush of sensation Ooh. I can't with this word. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a reaction. Play this after a friendly uh, fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action. That friendly fighter makes uh, one move action. So if you kill something, you can just move wherever the hell you want. Yeah. It's very strong. Very strong. Being able to move an additional time. Yes. It's just yeah, action it's... economy. Yeah, it's kind of, you can use it in multiple ways. You can get further in the, the enemy territory. You can get onto an objective after you killed somebody on an objective, or you can kind of illusionary fighter. You can set up, run in, kill somebody, and run back out. Right. Of course, the only problem is that if you whiff on the attack, you're stuck there. No, well, then you have, other you. you have other tools. You have other tools to deal yeah, with yeah. that. Uh, okay, but yeah, yeah no, the objective one is really great. If you kill the guy holding the objective, and then you just move on to the yeah and then yeah yeah, even if you have you know your two it's not a push it's like a full move action and they move four so like you could have like for example you could have hadzu like shoot a guy and then have him move on to the objective after he kills him or something like that yep and it's Uh, good for slake slash too because you know he can you, you know he can maybe charge in and then move back and set up for the next round yes all right Cool. So those we think are are auto includes. I think you play them in any any style. Um, another one that we had as strong, but actually I've seen this used to really great effect since we've like talked about this. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's an auto include, but it's like definitely, definitely takes a look at this one. This is called shared pain, um, and shared pain is a gambit. It's a reaction um, with a wall of text. So let's do this. Play this during an enemy fighter's attack action that takes a that that targets a friendly fighter. After the determined success step, when uh, when resolving that deal damage step, choose one friendly fighter within three hexes of the target. So there is that restriction. 
that fighter rather than the target is dealt the damage from the attack action and the combat sequence ends Mm -hmm. now a couple things about this so first of all you're siphoning damage from one of your fighters to another fighter so somebody tries to attack lissette with exactly two and slick slash is close enough slick slash takes the two that's so that that's kind of how it would work but this last little thing at the bottom where it says then the combat sequence ends if you play this that stops the drive back because it stops right at the end of the deal damage step yes and the 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 drive back with my so this card wasn't originally in my deck and then playing them it came in and it is it doesn't come up every game so it's one of those gambits that may just sit there but when it when it goes off it is so clutch because yeah. you do it stops so that fighter that was on the objective that they attacked doesn't get driven back plus you're siphoning it over to someone else they don't get driven back and then this is where you could see the healing come in to play so let's say you put it on slick slash he takes whatever two damage or three damage then he runs that in lets gets you a, inspire yeah yeah lets you inspire then he runs in gets a supported attack and uh and can heal one when it goes through. So it is very, very versatile. Also, too, you know, in my play style, uh, like I alluded to earlier, I'm just trying to make one attack fail. I'm trying to make something not go right for my opponent once during the game. And this card can achieve that because you are all geared up. Here's how you're going to start your glory train. And oops, nope, you, you don't. Right. Like you, so... Yeah, there's a potential to just throw off your opponent's whole plan completely, like as a as a reaction, which is pretty strong. Yeah. But you do have and to. It does require like some this. setup. Yeah. In the game, like you know, there's that one that that Ripa's card where it's like you think you killed a guy and you didn't because they take one less damage all of a sudden. Yeah. It being a reaction, yeah. Right, and it's like a reaction, so it's like you can't even plan for it. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so we like that one. Um, another one that we like that we think is a strong card and depending on like your play style and what you think, you know, your meta is like, you may want to do uh, cruel pangs. Cruel pangs is a gambit that, that's basically just lethal ward. Um, choose one fighter holding an objective, deal a damage to that fighter. You yeah, do it could yourself. also be yourself. Yeah. 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 So you have that, yep. that open to you. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, the objectives are, are nice. You know, you can, Finish off a guy who's on an objective with it. Yep. But uh, you might not want to put this in in every deck, though. Because, you know, if you're doing more of a flex style, you might really want to pile in those those push cards, the um, pushing the objectives, mischievous spirits, stuff like that. You might not have room for it in, in every deck. But it's nice. It's a nice little ping damage. You know, if you find yourself with like five wounds, you can do this to inspire yourself. Mm hmm. Um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I, I see it being usable. I don't know if it's like an auto-include, but it's certainly in certain cases. All right, guys, let's get into these faction-specific upgrades. Um, again, they're broken up into the same categories. Uh, the one that we think is an auto-include is uh, this one called Distracting Ostentation. Um, ostentatious means flashy and like over the top. Um, very distracting. Um, and this is a uh, an upgrade. Uh, you can put it on anybody. It's minus one dice from attack actions made by enemy fighters adjacent to this fighter to a minimum of one. So it's just a little bit of passive defense. Um, you know, just especially when you consider that uh, these guys, when they're inspired, they, they they tend to be well. At least the two little guys. You know, they they they're both on double dodges and stuff. This can actually 
uh, proved to be really clutch. Yeah, put in on Glissette with her always being on guard just makes yeah. her makes her a little little a lot more resilient. And then your two beefy fighters only having one, you know, one defense die, like taking away some dice from the attacker can can really, really swing swing the rolls. All right. Cool. Um, so we like that one. And uh we think that this one is strong, but not necessarily a an auto include and it's called sickening resilience and sickening resilience is an upgrade you put it on anybody uh when this fighter is dealt damage you can roll a defense dice on a roll of a shield so that's a one in it's like a one third possibility the fighter's only dealt one damage so this so this is not really an auto include because then you're you're really kind of relying on this die roll and i don't feel like it's gone off a lot when i've seen it um so it, it is very strong but only if you're very lucky yeah it, and you know it could combo with the previous card that we were talking about where you deflect damage over into somebody mm. so you could you know reduce that damage down to one um i like it just because we don't have a lot of defense uh, and you're trying for the inspire. You're trying to get up to six wounds, so this could really slow slow down, you know, and keep keep the fighters alive. And it can go on anyone. So right. we've seen this in the past in season one. Uh, I think uh, Iron Skulls had a reduced damage, or you know, someone stayed alive on a on a dice roll. So maybe it's a little less than than that. Um, but reducing damage is always good. Uh, but it is on a five up because it's only on shields. Gotcha. All right, so that's pretty good. Um, and then we had a couple of ideas if you plan on playing um, aggro or uh, or uh, no, just aggro. Um, this one over here is called um, Mark of the Dark Prince. Now this is slake slash restricted, so right there you already want to be like, eh, maybe not. But it's pretty strong, especially on slake slash if if he's around and you're using him. Reaction, during this fighter's range one attack action, before the attack roll, deal a damage to this fighter. Slick Slash has five wounds, so um, and you can just heal it afterwards, after the attack happens. If you do, choose cheat, cleave, or ensnare. Uh, the attack action has that ability until it's been resolved. So um, really, really can influence the, uh, the uh, accuracy of Slick Slash's attacks especially when you consider how much dice he has. Um, he basically be odds on attacks all the time. And of course, you can take the damage and then after the attack action, heal the damage. So it's almost like it's you just get to choose which one you want. Right. And, it, you know, it being a restricted to a fighter is is that's definitely a downside, but he's definitely your sturdiest fighter that'll and he'll it's a high likelihood that you'll he'll still be around even later on in the game unless your opponent like really goes for him right and yeah the, with having being more uh aggro you know the, the getting the cleaver and snare is super helpful because he doesn't have that he doesn't even get that when he's inspired or anything um you know the extra keywords like that especially in snare that's have to come by now unless you have the um <clears throat> one of those uh weapons you're using and um yeah there's also other cards that you would play in aggro that synergize with having damage on yourself so we'll we'll get to those 
Sure. There's one right here, actually. Yeah. Uh, strength from pain. Oh, yes, yes. Strength from pain. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a, an upgrade. You can put this on anybody. Um, it's a plus one damage to this fighter's range one or range two attack actions if this fighter has one or more wound counters. So again, these two synergize really, really well on Slave Slash. Yeah, and it's basically just having an extra copy of Great Strength, which they really need if you're playing more aggro style because their damage is kind of low. So having just an extra copy of, of Great Strength that has a little bit of a condition on it is pretty nice. Right, and and they also have pretty good range. They have pretty good uh, uh, you know, distance. I think they're both like four to start and five a little bit later on or something like that. I forget. Um, but... Um, but you know you can run through a lethal, yep. Take a damage, charge, make your attack with plus one damage, and then when you're done with either Vasilak or Slake Slash, you can you can heal it back up. So yeah, um, yeah if, if, if you're playing aggro, you you kind of need this card just because because the you know the fighters have range attack actions, you know range two other than Slake Slash, uh, Sting of the Sting of the Urgrub doesn't work right because right? it's you know, yes, it's only range one, so they're they are hurting for damage if you decide to play more aggro. This card will be utilized. Yeah, and there's none. They, they don't have that card anymore. That rotated the I forgot what it's called. The one where if you target an enemy that has four health and then you get the extra damage. Yeah, glory, oh, glory seeker, seeker, glory seeker. Yeah, yeah. That, that that card's gone. So they're kind of. I'm hoping they add a little bit more. Uh, you know, upgrades that improve your the damage of your attack or give them more keywords so you can play this warband in a more aggro yeah, style. We get we got at least one of those coming up a little bit later on. But <laughs> uh we've gone through all the faction specific cards we think are worth taking a look at. Um so now it's time for card awards. Here we go. Uh the hunting aspect award. This is a faction specific dangle bro specific card that totally sucks. And um, and this is going to go to Dance Without End. Dance Without End is uh, restricted to Glissette. Um, I feel a little bad calling her a dangle bro, um, but I guess she kind of is, even though she's really important. Like she she has she's ostensibly a dangle bro. If you just take a look and be like, oh, two two damage, you know, whatever. Two health, yeah. Um, right, exactly. Sorry, two two health is what I meant. Okay, uh, this is a, this is an upgrade. Um, and it's a reaction after another friendly fighters move action, push this fighter one hex or two hexes. If you first deal one damage to this fighter, so that's just terrible because she only has two to begin with. So you can really do this once. Well, it's only, you only take and, the damage if you want to push her two, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So, but it, but it, it reduces a lot of, right. You, so you can only really do that once. Yeah, it's it, just it really it, kind of reduces her. There are there are a right. ton of really good upgrades, even with the limited amount of cards we have in the in this set right now because of the rotation. You would and this one this. definitely doesn't make any yeah. cuts, and it's just it's just not that powerful to have like because it it requires somebody else to do a move on your team. It's not like yeah. um, duelist speed or whatever where. It would be better if it was, but it's not. It, yeah, somebody else has yeah. to move, and then you get to push one or or two if you want to take a damage. But I just I don't, like I don't it think all. it would. I don't think it would get this card award if it's not restricted to Glissette. I think if it's not restricted to Glissette, maybe we talk about this card. And be right. Like, if you could give it to Slake Slash or like, Vasilak, yeah, it would be right. a lot better. Yeah, because yeah. then you can like step on stuff, but still. Yeah. The, uh, 
as yeah. much as I, I as much as I love her and as much as her uh, you know, always on guard allows her to be, you know, a linchpin of the war band. She still only has two health. So taking any upgrade that's specifically for her probably doesn't work out for you uh, throughout the entire entirety of the round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to the next award goes to the this is the aggressive defense award. This goes to the most confusing card in the set. Um, and we liked the uh, for, for this award. Uh, they, they, actually, there a lot of these are very easy to understand. Um, but there's one called Bonded Bodyguard, um, and it's just because <laughs> of the way that the way that the like the the language is. It's just like they say Slake Slash a million times and Vasilak a million times. A friendly so Slake Slash, right? Exactly. So reaction after another friend. Uh, fr- and, sorry, this is restricted to Slake Slash. So Slake Slash has to be on the table in order for you to do this. Your Slake Slash, by the way. Mm. After another friendly fi- fighter, after another fighter's move action. Not friendly fighter, just another fighter's move action. If that fighter is not adjacent to a friendly slake slash, push a friendly slake slash <laughs> up to two hexes. I'm really confused. After the push, that slake slash, which one, must be no more one. than two. Are we are we sure about that? Yeah. They yes. should have said after that, that friendly slake slash should be no more than two hexes from a friendly Vasilak. And it's just like. I, like my mind is numb. Like it's I basically a, a super complicated version of counter charge, yeah, but it only kinda. works for Vasilak and Slake Slash, and it's right. an upgrade. And it sucks. But we, we couldn't we couldn't put this into the other one because Slake Slash is not really a Dangle Bro. Yeah. But uh, not not in a classic sense. Um. But uh. But yeah. All right. Um. So. The unintentionally sexual card name award was really tough because a lot of the stuff sounds intentional. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of these that are clearly trying to, you know, be, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, uh, they definitely they they didn't. Yeah. They weren't unintentional. Sadism, yeah. you know, cruel pangs, dark desires, deadly embrace. You know, all of these things, the lure of Slanesh, rush of sensation, like these are all shared pain. Like, it's just like they weren't really trying not to like they're like, Max is going to love this one. <laughs> um, so we had to pick we had to pick ones that sounded like they were unintentional and it was really tough to do. Um, so we came up with a cruel volley because it kind of sounds like a circle jerk. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were trying to do. And okay. um, the and the other one that the other nominee is beautiful deaths because I think that that's like a, a a English translation of a French term that means like a lady's orgasm. So like, what which one do we like here better? I I, I don't know. This was really, really tough. Well, we had to we we couldn't go for the obvious sexual innuendos. We had to go for the the. Um, well, the they're more... not innuendos at this point. Right. They're so I like, like I like yeah. cruel volley. Cruel volley. All right. Yeah, we'll just volley it out there. Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, we'll go with that. Okay. Now we have the Grawl Award. And the Grawl Award is given to the single best thing about this particular warband. Um, and it can be anything you want. It does not have to be a card. It doesn't have to be, it can be literally anything or something like the way it makes you feel or the way you people, you know, people are going to like uh, you know, accept them and play them. So Jason, what's your favorite thing about this warband just bar none? 
Yeah, I think we 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 touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's just the redesign of the Selenish line. Like where where cat captures that sexual vibe, but it's done in you know a less obvious way. Um, and the Persian influence, like the whole three hundred uh, yeah, style cool. of model. I I just think the models are great. Uh, yet again, GW knocked it out of the park from a um, you know, Underworld's warband design standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I like it uh, how they're able to, you know, usually we get, uh, with a lot of, like, new armies that they make for Age of Sigmar, usually we get, like, a little, like, amuse-bouche of them, like, in, in uh, Underworlds, and then the whole army comes out, and it's like, oh, I see the influence from, you know, this unit is from, it looks kind of like Hadzu, this unit looks kind of like... These guys are and, all... Yeah. These, these guys love to amuse using their bush. Yes. <laughs> you get a little you get a little appetizer taste of what the army is going to look like and I, I think that's going to be little, you know coming of, up. You know, we've seen of sort of like a you know, Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Got it. We're doing it. Great. We're getting there. Okay. Let's just say Jimmy, that this warband This warband was just the tip. Of yes. What... Oh yes, my god. Yes, I yeah, love it, yeah. Jason. Yes, we got you to do it. Air Excellent. Five. <laughs> Cool, Air Five. Um, what I so uh, my favorite thing about this is actually how great it is for um, for teenagers learning SAT words mm. um, because there's just they they really went into lexicon for this cavalcade, avidity, carnality, gluttony, indolency, paramountcy, uh, you know, vainglory. What else? Scintillating. You know, just a lot of great SAT words. Enervating. Uh, geez, let's, let's, let's vain glory. Uh, yeah. Vainglory, ostentation, um, you know, resilience, soporific. Oh, I love that word. Soporific, soporific musk. Soporific means like it makes you feel sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just lots of great SAT words here. And, um, honestly, like, I think that, uh, if you're a teenager and you're playing, there's just so much good stuff here, both, you know, both like, you know, dark and light here with, you know, we get the, we get the, the boobs hanging out, but we also get the SAT help. I, I really like that. Yeah. You can impress your AP English teacher. Exactly. By whipping out one of the, whipping out one of these, don't, uh, don't whip it one out, of man. these words. Do that. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do at home when you're painting them. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? You just whip it out and you paint it. What's you just say, say the word avidity to your AP English teacher and you'll get, right. a, you'll get exactly. an instant you're done. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. I would love it. Um, so uh, then we have, of course, the didn't even want it award. Uh, this is the single worst thing about this war band. Uh, Jason, what uh, don't you like? We've beat it up, but the Inspire mechanic, mechanic like just, yeah. just make it five and not six. Because then it happens. It's not like you get a lot out of it anyway. Mm-hmm. right like there's no like there's no like um you know uh there's no like it's it's not like some other war bands where if you get inspired like a like like ability you know like a reroll or some like cool thing um it's like you just get a little bit extra on the side like it shouldn't be so stats, hard to yeah do you just get a little bit extra stats and it's a pain in the ass to keep track of and yeah yeah and to yeah. even get in the first place and it and it seems like they only did it that way just so they could have the the meme number of six for Slanesh, which yeah. pisses, pisses me off. It annoys me that they keep doing I, that. I wonder I wonder if the design is like, hey, let's make it so there's not a difference. Like so that they don't like people like even though we can have the meme in there, it's like like it doesn't like tank the warband yeah. and keep them inspired and now they can't do anything. 
So maybe the warband got a little bit extra on their uninspired side just because maybe they thought like, oh, well, they're never going to be able to get this meme, uh, you know, version of this inspire mechanic. So let's just make them close. I, I wonder if that was part of it. Yeah, you just you put in so much work and then you're left unfulfilled. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's, I, I, I've heard that said to me in different. Yes, yeah, people have told Max that. And yeah, many times. Uh, yeah, my uh, my biggest problem. Uh, well, actually, Randall, you go first because because mine kind of piggybacks on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just the overall low damage output, and it it, it limits what you can kind of do with the warband. Right, because if you want to play aggro, now you have to throw in all this extra. Yeah, all this upgrade. Stuff. Yeah, and I, I I remember I wanted to throw in a little bit more damage, but then you're losing you know, potential defense or pushes or stuff like that. And you really need all that stuff for to make this warband really work. So yeah. if they had a little bit more starting damage or a little bit more accuracy or, or more, you know, cards that buff their damage, or if their inspire was easier and they all went up a damage, that would be a lot better. But that's, that's how it, it, right. it turned out. And, and to piggyback on that, my, my least favorite thing about it is how Slake Slash is still only dealing two damage with a giant lobster yeah. claw. He's an, he's like an that... enormous He's Model. enormous. That thing just looks killer. Yeah. And it's like two damage. His sword is bigger than Hadzu. Right. Two, dam two damage. Two damage, that's it. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Come on, that should at least go up to three. Yeah. Um. All right, so so Randall uh, and, and Jason, let's just talk about your decks. Uh, just whip out your deck. Mm. That's, that, that's, that's the it's new, out. It's out. name of this section. This is this is a, a yeah segment we call whip out your deck, and uh, and Randall tell us like kind of like how were you playing them and you know like what's the what's the deal? Yeah, I definitely I, I definitely did a little bit more aggro, but also you know kind of flex. I did have dominant position. I did have excess of avidity. Uh, yeah. I had a couple pushes. Um, I, I've been I've been toying around with this with having absolute still. I, I've been trying to you know leverage the the glory. I mean, sorry, mm -hmm. the the uh, quarry yeah. uh, aspect of of um, slake slash, but this just hasn't really been working for me. The absolute still, you know, I, it's it's easy to sniff out what I'm trying to do when I like push slake slash onto an. I don't do anything with him for the whole round, and then I push him onto the objective at the end, and then somebody just plays you know mischievous spirits or. Um, uh, the one where you move the objective token. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, Restless yeah. Pride. Yeah, I've been trying it out, but it just hasn't been working too much. Um, I do have Ahead of the Hunt, though. I think that's a good one for for the the core. I have a, I've Ahead of the Hunt and uh, Predator's Trinket to leverage the um, the quarry stuff. Right. You, well, you also have Strength of Terror and uh, Survival Instincts in there, which are also quarry makers. Yes, yes. Um, trying do, that out. Do you out. think survival instincts is worth like keeping? Because if you think about it, like the you always want to put survival instincts on a guy on a, on a fighter that has like at, like at least two. I mean, it, it's fine on something that has one, but um, you know, yeah, I don't. I think thing, I'm I think I'm actually going to replace this yeah. with a different restricted. Plus I think I yeah, might take something plus, else. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but strength um, of terror, I do like. Yes, yeah, strength of terror is good with these guys. Yeah, and amber bone sword, I definitely like too. I like having the the accurate attack like that that gives more glory i've been i've been trying out sickening resilience i haven't gotten it to to work yet but it, it's there yep 
I feel like that's that's like a thing. Yeah, um, and I, I am using Mark of the Dark Prince. I I I, I kind of like that card. Sure. I, I I see you have both glorious triumph in here. You have sidestep distraction, mischievous spirits. I think is really important right now in any deck. Um, you're you're playing with cruel pangs, uh, fueled by sensation, uh, the the healing one, or deal damage. Yep. One friendly fighters, just in case you. Uh, uh, in just for yeah, just for get, having more staying power in the yeah towards the gotcha. end of the game. Yeah, lure of Slanesh, of course, slick rock, which we'll get to. Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Um. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. So mine, flip, mine is back your deck. Mine, like we alluded to, is hold two. So hold two is the the kind of everything leans into that, and I have all the pushes. So one of my favorite ways to play is to disrupt you from what you want to do. So I have Nightmare in the Shadows, uh, Sidestep, mm -hmm. Distraction, Laura Slanesh. Um, and then also for Disruption, like I have Restless Prize and I have Mischievous Spirits and I have Slick Rock. So I I feel like I'm going to control those objectives because um, I also bring um, the Gauntlet, the Gauntlet of Command that allows me to push one of my fighters. Um, just I've the Gauntlet, though. That's it. Just, just, yeah, oh, and the just crown. The, you have the crown also. I, okay. You have the crown to draw cards. Right. Um, just because when you rely a lot on pushes, you need to get those pushes in your hand. So, um, you know, and then the end phase, like like Randall said, ahead of the hunt, I think, is an auto-include with them with having a five-wound fighter that has quarry innately. Just, just put it in there. You're probably going to score it, especially early game. Plus, there's uh, a lot of good upgrades that make you one. Yeah. Yes, and then I have those as well because I went into Absolute Stillness. Um, I really like that card. It's really, you know, you sit on an objective and don't do anything and score two. Um, so, you know, and I also kind of have Resilience built in there with the minus one uh, dice to adjacent attacks. I put in there um, Formidable all, all, Defense. All of your attacks are adjacent. Oh, Jason. Jason, got it. <laughs> you like oh, just just real quick. You like absolute stillness. You, I do. Well, you have so uh, many pushes. Yeah, okay. I have so many pushes. The lure slanesh is what allows absolute stillness to live. The fact that I have a sidestep, I have lure slanesh. I have restless prize, and then mischievous spirits. A lot of people use that card as a disruption card. I use it like I will play the whole turn. To mischievous spirits the objectives underneath my guys so i may not move i may just sit there in no man's land and then at the last activation i'll put the put on an objective underneath one of my guys and make sure you have none and then use my other pushes to get a second guy on or you know it's just it's a calculated move with mischievous spirits so and then um one card that's probably not out there a lot uh, formidable defense because I really don't care to attack all that often. It's another mm. way for me to get quarry, and it's another way to get Glissette up to three defense, defense. dice. Yeah, so. on guard, that's pretty bad. I gotcha. I feel you. That's good. So yeah, that, that right, formidable cool. defense lets you lean hard into the just holding the objectives. Yeah. And Glissette's right, attack kind of sucks anyway. It never, it never hits. So giving her an extra defense is, is <laughs> especially nice, if yeah. Randall's playing me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's only two dice on you know 
on Sword Fury. Of so yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like, I, you have to roll an eleven or a twelve to get. Yeah, with the way he's yeah. using our, you know, having three dice dodges on and always being on guard, that's tough to get through. Yep. People don't realize that two on Fury is like a three out of thirty-six. Yeah. So it's like a one in third to one in twelve chance. It's like really not very good. Mm-hmm. And that's only if your opponent doesn't roll anything. Um, yeah. If but no, well that would be three three out of thirty six to get both of the dice to to be successes. Um, yeah. Anyway, it it it's pretty tough. Um, matchups. Let's talk about matchups with these guys. What do you think? Um, who do you, like if you're playing Dread Pageant and you look across the the board, like who do you not want to see? Anyone that's fast. So the way that I play. I kind of lead with the the two beefy guys up front. Um, you know, the gifted, my leader, he is he's probably going to go to the other side of the board to get my swift captures or attack somebody on objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone that's fast like Rippas and Blake Coven, they can get around those front fighters and get into Hatsu and Glissette uh, and really cause havoc in my back line. Um, you know, I think when we were playing the other day, Max, you you pointed out there's not a lot of teleportation right now. So yeah, the fighters know. have to come across. So anyone that's move five, move move four can get can kind of disrupt my plan faster than I can keep them back. Right. Or before you can um, get upgrades and- out and or score some get get some glory going, they can just get to you right away. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we also were talking about it and we were saying um because I played against um uh I, I played against them playing um twice and i was playing uh my my crushes and uh the crushes the the issue was that they didn't have that additional burst of speed so i had to like actually run into them and deal with them and so it ended up coming down to like how good the dice were basically um because these guys those two big guys they can really deal damage and when you load them up like vasilak when he's loaded up is a terror um so uh yeah so i I remember like coming with the crushes Oh, I don't want to see them, but actually, like, crushes have to run right into them. They can't run around. Like, yeah. blade coming. And then you get hit by Hadzu. He pushes you back. You get hit by yeah. Basilak. He, yeah. Take two. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, we did not check these guys against Molog, but Molog probably just shits all over them. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. It's probably not even close. I think I Molog, Molog is Molog a problem. People. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, we'll be seeing that. In fact, uh, two Mologs made it to the uh, to the the semifinals, and one made it to the finals so far in that Vassal Clash that's going on as we speak. So we'll find out in a few minutes. Um, okay. So good matchups. So, those are some good. So what's some good matchups for these guys? Um, if, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, like I played, I played into one kind of like a control uh, objective, and I did very well. Um, the larger warbands, like you know, like Grimwatch, even though they can Grimwatch can score a ton of glory, they have a lot of two health fighters, which kind of flips the script on this warband, and they're able to to take stuff out um, and kill things. So I I think that you know things that I like to see across the 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 table are low wound uh, fighters that I can manipulate. So you know the Despoilers, the Grimwatch, the you know the Gets, uh, you know, yeah, gets like those type of warbands where I can, I can play my game, and then when I need to go kill something, I don't have to worry about damage to do it. Cool. Right, you can you can maybe get some kills, and then you can use your 
push and your mischievous spirits to disrupt their end phase objective scoring. All right, so do we feel like we covered this warband pretty good? Yeah. Anything else we want to say before we move on? Nope. Nope. All right, so so we realize that we have not done... Uh, uh, we have not really talked about the cards that come out of the box, uh, the, the universal cards. We're going to talk about Miari's in, in our next episode. But um, so, but guys, let's talk about this real quick. Season four, this whole this whole core box was a little bit different than what we're used to. Um, what do we think about this? Like this, uh, what Dyrechasm brings to the table? Just looking at the stuff that's coming out of the box. Well, we uh, we've seen maybe a resurgence of aggro. You know, yeah. uh, they've they've given a lot more tools to to aggro playstyles. Um, those new those new weapons are really good. The Soul Hunter or whatever they're called is that what they're called? Soul Tooth. Soul Tooth. Soul Tooth. But Soul they make Tooth you a hunter. Soul, yeah. yeah, right. So Soul Tooth weapons that make you into a hunter they're 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 pretty good. Um, little extra speed cards. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think aggro is definitely making a comeback. I think. Yeah, I'm, then, I'm not, happy not as many that... strong hold objective cards. Like there are a few that are pretty well, good, there are but a not yeah, yeah, not not, but, but not, not as a great. Ton yeah. of them. Um, I I feel as though the hunter mechanic has been given. Um, with those soul tooth weapons and a lot of the other upgrades that are that are available, I've been using that, trying to tech into that a little bit. Yep. And then we have um, the 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 we have uh, you know, just the the hunter mechanic. Like, there's just a lot more ways. To, to utilize being a hunter and a lot more ways to become a hunter. And I remember I made this point the before it was, it was kind of useless to take those cards that, you know, t target only hunters or only quarries, because like you might be playing against like a season one war band that where none of them are hunters or quarries. But the fact that they put all these useful cards in that change yeah. your keywords that it, it, uh, those aren't as bad anymore might Green. be worth taking yeah it's real nice for them to carry over mechanic into a new season and like kind of expand, expand on it, it yeah yeah flush it out where magic really didn't see that going into last season um but my my biggest thing with the core set and just the meta is the change that we didn't get the generics right like in this core yeah. set going into Direchasm, you when you bought that box you didn't get whole objective one two three four five mm -hmm. um you know, I really liked how that kind of shook up the meta. Like they're still, they're still there because you go back and get them from the previous season. But the cool thing is, is like it gave us more additional universal cards to play with. And I think it allowed them to expand those mechanics like Hunter right out the gate, um, which really has made the, the, the meta objectives are still there. They're still very important. A lot of the games revolve around those key pieces on the board. but Molog, Crushes, like they can survive now by playing aggro and going beating the people that are standing on the objectives. Absolutely. Um, I, I noticed that um, one interesting like effect of them not putting all those cards into the core set is um, is if you're if the event is a Vanguard event, because remember the the, the new Vanguard style is like you can only use stuff from this um, from from this from the uh, box, season. Yeah. Yeah, the out of the box. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This season, the Direchasm season. So it's going to take sidestep out of the game, you know? 
and that's or and, and other things that, that have been in the core box to be uh from from the beginning and I, I think that's kind of funny like it's a little weird that that's not going to be in there so maybe they'll put out some something in one of the um you know, a, a universal in one of the expansions that is, you know, not sidestep, but like with a different name, just so that it goes back into the season. That's, I just think that's interesting that it wasn't in there. Um, another thing is that uh, primacy already seems to be a thing. Like uh, the the hunter mechanic, uh, sorry, the hung, hunger mechanic doesn't seem to have a lot of support yet, but uh, people are playing with primacy. I mean, I, I played the crushes. I was playing with primacy. I'd imagine the Moloch decks also have primacy in them. Um, so it, it, they, they really put stuff right in the core box. Hey, start playing primacy, start trying to fight over that token. Um, yeah. Right. We didn't think that would be, that would, you know, because of the fact that you don't really play with the primacy unless you have cards that work with it. Have the keyword in it. Um, we didn't know if that was going to be a thing like right away, but it, it certainly is. Uh, People are tacking into it. Yeah, I did. It, It is. And it's cool because you think about writing an end phase aggro card is a little difficult like i mean I, there's only been a few out there that have made sense that are always scorable but by adding primacy you basically give that aggro player three the chance for three additional glory throughout the game so it it's almost like having an additional object, objective card in their hand right that they could get so and on top of that just a lot of design space Mm-hmm. And it's and yeah. it's you, you get it, it's spent right when you get the primacy token you get it spent. spent yeah, yeah so yeah, it doesn't like, like help you like just dump a bunch of upgrades out if you're no, if you but have it does the primacy help you but, win. Yeah. so that's kind of so balances that kind of balances it with the aggro style but still really strong yeah. um and it's and it's clearly if you're playing aggro on on control that's it's clearly in your favor. Um, all right, let's talk about some of these cards that are that are here. We have to get through some of these generics because we haven't uh, we haven't done them yet. Um, we're going to talk about a few um, objectives that we really like. Um, some of them that we think are really really strong. Um, of course, we're going to start with uh, with dominant position, um, and dominant position is uh, same as that other one that we talked about um, earlier. Excess on. of avidity. Uh, excess of avidity, and this is scoring in end phase if you're warband holds more objectives than any other warband. So they did throw a little bit of a bone to uh, some of the, uh, the, the, uh, the objective uh, standard honors. Uh, you know, they, they have the picture is like uh, the guard just sitting there going like, what looking like they're about to drop an album. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, anyway, but it's two, it's an end phase. It's two, it's, it's nexus of terror. It's excess of avidity. Like it's, it, and it's generic. Yeah. I like that. It's two and not three. And I like the way it's worded where it's just like, you have to hold more. It's so it, it opens it up to other, you know, war bands that don't have like seven to nine models, you know, right. Playing. Yeah, know. that's true. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, it doesn't, it's not the specific numbers or anything like that. It's just, you know, it, it's more accessible to to different warbands. Yeah, I think still the no. Go ahead, Jason. I think in the current state of the game, the card is um, very beneficial to keep objectives relevant because mm-hmm. if you are playing an aggro style, you still have to be mindful of this card because it just hold more. So maybe you know you are playing aggro, but you throw glorious triumph in there just to counter cards like this because you're you're holding one. Um, you know you to counter that play style. Um, Cause I think if this card doesn't exist, like objectives actually take a step back in the current meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I think it, it, it's like a card that really 
boost them up and keep them uh, relevant. And, you know, with all the primacy stuff and all the aggro stuff that's coming in, I, I think it was smart to put this in just to make sure that that uh, that the play style stays not not dominant, uh, but like at least you know relevant. Relevant, yeah, yeah. Um, another one we liked was uh, aggressive display, and this is a hybrid uh, end scoring end phase, any end phase for one. Uh, you can either have two or more enemy fighters out of action, which is pretty great for for an aggro uh, warband, or uh one or more surviving friendly fighters can have two or more attack action upgrades so this is actually even good if you're playing like combo or with um you know multiple uh you know amber sawtooth weapons yeah um but i think, I think I just, like just for the, the kill yeah the kill two just the kill two guys is like enough yeah right for for aggro you know having this you know one score one in the end phase counts as a hybrid mm -hmm. and um I think it's it's pretty nice. Yep. The the one um, where you have two attack action up, you know, typically you don't want to put two attack action upgrades on the same guy. Usually, nah, not really. Yeah, usually one's enough. Um, yeah, well, it, you know, it, it could stop you from bricking though, right? Like, let's say you run in, you're trying to kill somebody, you have one on already, the attack miss misses, you that you know you have an extra glory, you throw another one on there, and you score the just card. to make like sure you score the card. Yeah, it's just it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice card and a way to get around. It's a nice backdoor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it is. It's beautiful. And and if you're Slanesh, you love going through the backdoor. Yes, yes, indeed. Hopefully okay. It's, hopefully, hopefully, it's bleached. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, you're getting into this, wow. Jason. Okay. <laughs> you said you weren't going to do this, but actually, you've come up with a couple of zingers. Okay, uh, the next one. Speaking of which, uh, how about absolute dominance? Now. I just love this card because it it honestly looks like the best scene from like Goodfellas or like the or like, uh, you know, like the Sopranos or something like that. Like this is the scene where they where they killed uh, Pussy, you know, like yeah. where they're just like coming around him, just like they're all going to take him out at once. Storm Sire looks in a bad way. And then the Megor sitting there like just it feels good to be a gangsta. Right. And I like that. <laughs> so um, but but there, there's another point that we should make. Um, so absolute dominance is a duel which is uh so again you have to do both of these things to score it but it's three glory in any end phase if there are two or more surviving friendly fighters and no more than one surviving enemy fighters so i think that this is pretty good if you're playing um if you're playing aggro and uh you're particularly effective and if you have a good amount of fighters in your warband yeah, this is the new like reach card for aggro, right? That it, it it's that certainly is... better than annihilation, right? Like that thing, it was just like impossible. Yeah, but this is a little. It's it's less, you know you get a little less glory, but it's a little bit more manageable. Yeah, it's definitely more scorable than than any of those other ones. But I and I like the the art on it. It's like if you've killed uh, Rastus and Amos, and maybe yeah. your um, Rip Tooth has died. Then right, you know it's just you, storm sire and he's hurt and then the the three armored guys are all of alive. them pissed because they killed his they killed the, he he killed their dog yes you know so you get that like John Wick thing going I dig it so this Ooh. one you could get if you have a really good round against like um and a, a, a matchup where they have like the same or maybe one more fighter than you do 
if in your aggro or warband, but Malog it's not, if you went squig hunting. Yeah, or yeah. if if um, but it's going to be harder if if you're well, you're not going to probably get it until close to the end of the game. You know, maybe the last activation. Um, if you're playing against a high model What's count warband, so, yeah, so it, yeah. it is it is a risk, but this is gonna, you're going to probably see this a lot in in uh, aggro warbands. They might discard it, you know, early on depending on the matchup, but they might yeah. also score it and get uh, that. Uh, burst of three plus the primacy token, you know, in the end, and then, you know, they win. They beat your aggro warband after you score. You know, it's like twenty to twenty-one or something like that. Yeah. Also, remember where the card comes out in kind of the progression of the season. So currently, if you're playing Vanguard, the, you have two four model count warbands that are pretty squishy. Yep. Like, you know, three wounds, and then the other side has you know multiple wounds. This you know, this is a pretty good card in the current season rotation, right? Like it, it, it fits there. And then if we see the continued uh, influx of ag- aggro with low mo- model count warbands, the three count model warbands, this card could see a lot of play. Right. I mean, the, the new one that's coming out, what are they called? The Seraphon. That's coming. No, no, that that's, that's the next one. They've already, they already yeah. had the other one. That's like a four model count. Ravagers or something like that. Ravagers, oh, the yeah. chaos, then, yeah, the chaos warriors. Right. Yep. And yep. then, and then the Seraphon are going to be six. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be more. They're going to be more like a spoilery. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully better though. Um, okay, so so uh, yeah, but take a look at that one. I, mean, I, I I tried it a little bit. I scored it a couple times. Um, with the with the crushes actually, uh, just going in, just smashing stuff. Oh, do you definitely take that in crushes? Tanky. Yeah. Well, they're just yeah, they're tanky. But I there was like some cases I would get in the. Or they kill two of your guys, and then you can't score it. Right, and then you can't score it. That yeah. Works. Um, so yeah, you got to be careful with it. Um, another one that that we saw that getting some play is a uh, winged death, and winged death has uh, has a uh, scathe just like coming out, just ready to javelin you to death. Uh, surge hybrid. You can do either of these two things. Um, score this immediately after a friendly fighter's range three attack action. Uh, takes an enemy fighter out of action so if you kill something with a with a range attack or uh you can end a charge six or more hexes away uh from a hex in which they started but you don't have to kill anything so um you know this kind of any any of your fast warbands anything where you can get the the distance up it synergizes really well with gathered momentum and and cover ground uh what do you guys think and spectral wings yeah there's a, it's it yeah having three different cards that essentially kind of do the same thing means that you can put you know multiple speed upgrades in the deck and there's a good chance that you're going to get paid off or using that yeah and you know right. yeah it might be you might even just use it as the the range three you know if you're playing um gun dwarves you might just use it for that because they lost some some of their good cards from the rotation and then yet another hybrid um, dual like style of card, which opens up set the tempo. There's a lot of those cards in this opening set that yeah. play into that set the tempo. Uh, a lot of good style. hybrid ones. Whichever this, whichever that one something strategy that does the, that's actually I think a pretty good call. Now there's a lot of high, good hybrids in the game. Um, we said a couple that might be good for if you're playing out we like some predator um if you're playing this is one that will pull the primacy token into play uh this is a hybrid 
end of the phase one glory if you have the primacy token. So bonus if you have it. Or, and I love this, and Malag loves this a lot, uh, one or more surviving friendly fighters have one or more attack actions with a damage characteristic of four. So basically, if you just have inspired Malag or Morgok with a great strength on him, you just score this for that alone. Or if you just happen to have the primacy token at the time. So it, that is pretty great for aggro play. Yeah, amazing aggro card. Yeah. And hi again, yeah. hybrid. So yep. and that, then of that course there's the surge, and then there's the surge version of this, which is called Surge of Aggression, also a hybrid. This is a this is an ore. Um surge hybrid, score this immediately after you gain the primacy token. So this was in my crushes deck. Um because I, I So you gain the primacy time. token and then you just immediately score this. For whatever reason, just to score it. Or or if you make a successful attack action with a damage characteristic of four, which if I did that, I probably had the primacy token anyway. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So, but I mean, basically, it's the surge version of of the other one. Yeah, the hybrids seem to be really good for for aggro because they sort of have like that that out that you can do if your attack doesn't work. Right. You know, you have a, an and alternate the, way to score it, even if you you get like unlucky with the dice. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like nice. maybe if you're playing aggro, you tech into hybrids as well, and you have. Uh, that, that's something I don't remember which one it is. That's something strategy where you can, if you score, I think it's like three hybrids or something like that, or five hybrids, whatever it is. I yeah. don't remember the number. I will look that, that up right now. Continue might, with. Might uh, right. Please do. Yeah, we, keep referencing. Yeah, we keep referencing it. Yeah, so I will look that up. Keep and continue with the, cool. the cards. All right, let's uh, let's talk gambits. A uh, couple great gambits here, uh, except for this one that's not really. It's uh, slick rock. What are we going to do about this, Jason? Tell me about slick rock. Uh, first of all, it's a trap card, whatever the hell that means. So that's like a new keyword. Uh, reaction. after uh, Play this after an enemy fighter's move action that ends in the same hex as an objective token. Scatter one from that hex and push that enemy fighter to the end of the chain. If that enemy fighter cannot be pushed into the hex, it doesn't do anything. So you have to be really kind of, you know, you have to be a little tricky about which direction you push, the, you, um, you orient the scatter token in. But um, what do we got here, Jason? What's going on? It's just a feel bad card. Um, it is. <laughs> so, but you know, it, it does stop that uh, passive at back of the board jump on objectives. So there, there is a place for it. But I think what we're most gonna uh, remember it for is when you charge at someone, you go on to the objective because you're trying to score. You know, or swift capture, whatever. Yeah. yeah some something like that right and you all of a sudden get pushed off and cannot complete your charge action exactly it, so yes. uh you know i think that the only thing to do is to restrict it i would personally like to just see it go away but i don't think that will happen because uh, mm -hmm. there's no way to faq this to make it not make it easy easy to understand via faq to allow it to have the same intention and to function uh, without a complete rewrite, so uh, we're stuck with it. There is a place for it, but it sucks when it happens to you. Yeah, I, I would I also think... like to see it just just flat out banned, but I'll, I'll be okay with it if it gets restricted. I I, I definitely think it's going to get restricted, but uh, so go ahead. so I don't. I think it'll probably get restricted if they don't uh, errata it, because if they just said if they just wrote it that like you get pushed off the hex after the activation is complete, so you right. at least don't get. So like it doesn't like stop your charge. 
uh-huh. and the super action is complete, like then it might be a little bit more palatable. But as it is, it's like really, really a problem. Um, because I mean, like, because effectively, then that would make it like kind of the same as like Restless Prize, right? Because you just it's they thought they were going to stand on an objective, and now they're not. And Restless Prize is is restricted, but it doesn't have the ability to stop your opponent from from finishing their super action. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it definitely needs to be at least restricted. I think the best part about this um, about the card though is definitely the picture of Oberyn slipping on a banana peel. Like like a cartoon character, and uh, that's pretty great, and I like that. Yeah, and it seems like um, you know, going back to the restricted versus Forsaken, it seems like they are only they're 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 saving Forsaken to only be cards that are quote unquote broken for for say like for example Hunter's reflexes like that one was maybe like too like oppressive the how it like blocked that or. Uh, prescient blow how that could like sort of you know end the game in a draw like that so i don't know if they they're gonna act that this card is just really good it's not you know game breaking or anything like that so i don't know i've seen a lot of people not using it like even though it might have been good um i I definitely have made somewhere i'm like oh like like anticipating the anticipating that it, it might get adjusted yeah well i mean and just that like i amount of to, to warrant it like there might have been stu- other stuff and then i think it's going to get restricted anyway so i i think it's better to just like i don't know kind of kind of find ways to not use it yeah but I and, you know while it's in the game now do you guys have any like you know strategies to play around it i mean i guess the the you might want to just uh try to draw it out early yeah you want to you want to like bait in you know bait your opponent into using it by moving you know say like oh i'm gonna put i'm gonna move heads you onto this objective in the back or whatever and like try to bait them into into using it before you go in and try to score swift capture or whatever um i don't know i mean is there do you guys have any input on that or I just try to make sure that I have a push in hand to get back on the objective, although it may disrupt what I'm trying to score in this turn. At least uh-huh. I can get back there. So have a have a backup plan until they use it, right? Until try to get them to use it, or you know, obviously you don't know if they're going to have it in the first round, and you might get pantsed by that. But you can then, yeah, like you say, um, keep your make sure you have a a backup card in your hand before you go for like a a big play. And then in the second and third game, you want to try to, you know, bait them into using it or just being aware of that it could happen at any time. It's tough. Okay. Yeah. No, tough I card know. to it's, play it's around. It's a tough thing right there. Um, okay. Let, let, let's move on, though. Um, we got uh, Hunting Season over here. Uh, this is an interesting one uh, just because it makes everybody a hunter until the end of the turn. So, uh, you know, if you have anything that kind of interacts with those keywords, um, but uh, it persists to the end of the round, which is interesting because I was actually playing this with Trophy Hunter and I was thinking like, huh, well, let's see, they're not a hunter at the end of the thing. So does Trophy Hunter stay on the, on the person? And so it, it, uh, the, the, the hunter keyword is what you need in order to uh, just place it. After it's placed, it works. So you don't lose it if you stop being a hunter. Um, which I thought was interesting, but this is just interesting because it really just throws those two keywords on everything. And so uh, you can kind of tech into that. I was playing like a hunter 
um, blade coven deck for a little while. And uh, I had this in for a little while, but it, it, the, the upgrades kind of made it a little redundant. But it's really interesting that they, they just made a card that like does that. Yeah, I think this card will, you know, talk about stonks, you know, like this card is, is kind of middling right now, but it might, you know, become a lot more valuable later on in the season. That, that graph is going to go up depending on how many more Hunter and Quarry interactions they add in the, in the next uh, couple expansions. Next uh, thing we have, uh, the last thing we have here, grades. Um, we want to talk about these Soul Tooth weapons, which are pretty cool. Um, the, I think the best part about these is how they turn you into a Hunter. Uh, so this is kind of like the, uh, the Dire Chasm version of Shade Glass or the Null Stone or the Amber Bone. Now we have the Soul Tooth stuff. So far we have the Bow and the Spear. Uh, very similar attack profiles to what we're used to. Uh, Soul Tooth Bow, I think, is a little extra range. Um, the But the cool thing is that they make you a hunter. Um, and then also you get rerolls if the uh, target of the attack has already has a move or a charge token. So that's pretty good. Yeah, the bow is insanely good. It's range four, and then it hits on yeah. hammers, and then hammers, you get a reroll. Yeah, and it makes you a hunter. It's just really good. Yeah, you know what I was using them with was um, actually with the Blade Coven because uh, again I was I was trying to like tech into being a hunter on that, um, and I was just using them just to make things hunters. And then if like I found the situation was better to have them use these things, uh, yep. then I would do that. And that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. We also have if you're playing Primacy, uh, this one called Fearsome Trappings. Uh, is pretty good. Uh, it, it this it, first of all it makes you a hunter. Um, and it has like, uh, what's his name? Crack Marrow, like going like, Hey, look at my, awesome look at my cloak. Yeah. My cape made of skin. I know such noble regalia. Um, makes him a hunter. Plus if you have the primacy, reroll an attack die. So pretty good. makes you a hunter. You have to get the primacy token. You have to have it at the time of the attack. Um, so if you're playing with primacy, uh, this might be something to throw in. Um, yeah, if you have and, other hunter, if you have other hunter synergy, and yeah. you know, the, the, and you're you're playing aggro, this is just a great card. Yeah, it, it, it sets and, up your hunter synergy. Uh, it sets up your hunter strategy and gives you a reroll. Pretty nice. Right, and we have uh, one last one, an upgrade called Master of uh, Master of Spoils. Gain the primacy token each time this fighter makes an attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action. So instead, you know, like you could, you could just whack a mole, uh, you know, stuff to kill them. Right. But sometimes you're playing against, you know, an elite war band. So now you get it if you kill anything, but uh, after the fighter is taken out of action, you discard the primacy token. Wait, Oh, after this, this one. So if you lose the one that has it on it, then primacy token. Well, this is good. If you're, if, if your strategy really depends on you getting that primacy token, then, it's yeah, this this makes it easier to gain possession of it yeah and and also to get it back if if uh your opponent ends up taking it from you so if you have like a lot of objectives that care about primacy maybe later on in the season you might see this one come more into play because it's just just easier way to get it yep all right cool um card awards let's go unintentionally sexual card name i think it has to go to dominant position yep i don't think there's uh there's another way there was a saw that i thought about I mean, uh, where was it? Nah, forget it. I mean, you can okay. go Ferocious Blow, but I think that's kind of like low-hanging fruit. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, so dominant position, definitely. Tome of Offering of Words, I think, has to go. That's the 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 best card in the pack is got to be slick rock for now yep your 70 dollars slick rock card exactly thing. yeah um uh, paradox armor award this is to the obvious shittiest card in the in the set and i think that this is going to have to go to earthing staff yeah pretty terrible that just makes it so you can't get bad. yeah can't get hit by backlash or whatever or gambit spells gambit spells yeah, not too popular right now uh, and it makes you a quarry it only works wizards aren't a lot of being used anymore yeah and it stops you from it makes you a quarry it stops you from getting backlash and gambit spells dealing damage to you i don't i just don't see it like being a thing in the meta right now unless like a huge like 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 an, another all wizard warband comes yeah, it'd be out, cool if I you could give this it. to anybody yeah so that you wouldn't get take it take damage from gambit spells but again like you know there'd be some games where it would be it would just be useless so this is pretty pretty terrible Right. Not, not a great um, card. The last, uh, the last card award is the aggressive defense award. But, but I got to tell you guys, um, that goes to the most confusing card. But actually, all of these, uh, all of these general cards, these universal cards, seem to be pretty well, um, pretty well written out. So um, I, I wonder if, uh, if we're going to need this aggressive defense award in the future. Well, because... I think they, they definitely wanted to make the cards that were in the core box be a little bit easier to understand plus you know this being the fourth season they're a little bit better they're at a little bit better at writing it, yeah. the so, cards. We had, so we decided to replace the aggressive defense award with the buffalo bill award which is going to go to prey skin mask because you know it puts the prey skin on its face right and this is an interesting card it's sort of like uh an upgrade that affects you negatively but then you can pass it on to the opponent sick dude which is interesting design. We haven't seen that in in the game yet, but it's 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 pretty cool. You know, let me just. Let it me makes just pull me it up think here. of like those like kids movies where somebody throws like a slab of bologna at somebody right, and like, right. lands. <laughs> so the the prey skin mask is it, it's an upgrade. It says this fighter is a quarry minus one dice to this fighter's attack action to a minimum of one. This card cannot be discarded. Then there's a reaction that says, during a range one or two attack action that targets this fighter, after the deal damage step, give the attacker this upgrade. So you're you so, you put a card you put a card that affects you negatively onto yourself, but then if the opponent attacks you, then you give it over to them, and then they get less dice on their attack. So I don't know. I don't really know how good this card is going to be, or if anyone's going to really play it. But it's it's definitely I cool. It's a new new concept in the game. There's. Yeah, I think you play it if there's like a fighter you want your opponent to leave the hell. Okay, and that doesn't really attack much yeah. or something. Yeah, like like you're trying to score absolute stillness, so you just throw this on this so that like nobody bothers you. Okay. Or I mean, if you have, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, th I don't think it's a great card, but it's very interesting. It's it's it, also interesting because I think this is the only way that you put an upgrade on your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, and if they if you have a card that's that one of those ones, it's like if you kill a guy that has upgrades, then it, it you can score that because they have the the Buffalo Bill mask on, right? Or it's the cool. Hannibal Lecter mask. Well, it's more like a Buffalo Bill thing because it's like you're using the skin of the thing that you killed. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that movie. Okay. Scene. Yeah, no spoilers for the movie made in no 1981 or whatever it, it it puts the face on the fa i don't know yeah okay you know, something like that <laughs> just get, get the lotion out yep all right cool
All right. So Jason, we're going to move to our last section, uh, our last segment of the episode. And typically we, we do a keys to salvation. Uh, this is of course a, a tip of some sort that we have for the, for the listening audience. And um, typically if we have a guest on, we, we defer to, to their wisdom to expand our knowledge. Um, so, so Jason, what do you suggest? What's your key to salvation when it comes to politics? Yeah. So given, you know, the, the current situation we are in with uh, COVID and lockdowns and stuff like that. My key to salvation is try the different game modes. You got to keep it fresh and keep it, keep it new and interesting. Um, and I think that GW has done a great job at giving us different ways to play this game, to experience this game. Um, most recently, like they, they released the, uh, the avatars where you can kind of customize your warband and play, uh, you know, the way that you want to play. That's just uh, different. Um, but arena mortis the the new launch of arena mortis and i know a lot of people out there you know just looked at it as a card pack uh and i'll be the first to admit that the first version of arena mortis that came out in the white dwarf i was not a fan of there was a lot of just gamey things that could happen in there that didn't make it enjoyable uh, but now i would say arena mortis is the best way to play multiplayer uh in underworlds uh there's a lot of updates to to the game where you can't have more than one upgrade of the same name out amongst players. Like it kind of disappears from the previous player that had great strength on it when I play great strength. Um, and it's just fun. Like you get to use all your cards. It goes all the way back to all the seasons. You're allowed to pull from there. Um, it's fairly well balanced, even with the uh, the fighters cards that they gave out for free online. Um, it's And it just adds a different element. Uh, keeps the game fresh and a great way to maybe get your buddy to play uh, that isn't into Underworlds, but you have a fighter and some cards that you can throw together and and get you know everyone uh, around the table in the socially distanced way to to experience the game, um, play it, but in a little bit of a different way. And you like it? You like Arena Mortis more than let's say the 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 Gargant. Yeah, the Gargan, once again, there's little interactions where you can kind of gang up on one person. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Gargan, you're building a you're building a deck um, to deal with a large fighter and all the other fighters. Where Arena Mortis, you're just, you're building a deck to, to kill the other person that's across from you. So it's a little easier to design a deck to do that, um, plus the fun little uh, interactions. And again, multiplayer. Like, and... Okay. Who are your favorite fighters in Arena Mortis who are, who, to choose for your your one man um, team? Uh the, the whip the lady. Movie. Yeah. Camus. Camus was the whip lady. She's, uh, like, she's a two she has two wounds so that means you can put like three upgrades on her or something like that. Yeah, she starts off with more upgrades and uh, more importantly in Arena Mortis every fighter is inspired so you get her inspired right, side so which she has the yeah, she has the combo side. Yeah, she has and, the, com the combo. She's very accurate. You can kind of take out a bunch of fighters. It's fun. What else have you seen that's that's good? Anyone else I've seen? I've seen a very interesting one. I played uh, with the professor, and he used a, a squig, and that a was squig. hilarious and fun. <laughs> um, uh, forget what <laughs> they're the same. No, no, one of the gets ones, or like yeah, one of the yeah, like, stalag squig. Yeah. No, they can you imagine just playing with Stalag Squig? The Stalag Squig. <laughs> I'm going in with the blue horror, I'm telling you. With Come that. over here so I can bite your ankles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I play Arena Mortis, I'm coming in with the blue horror, and I'm 
shooting, spitting hot fire at everyone. It it would work. Like the blue horror would work. So just it's just it's fun. You still get to play with the cards, and it has the same kind of mechanics, um, and keeps the game fresh. It makes maybe makes you look at a card that you skipped two seasons ago that you never played with, and like, oh yeah, like in this type of setting, this card works. Mm-hmm. So. Plus, plus you're just like rolling dice. Yes. You know, like there's no objectives, right? So you're just like, it's just trying to kill things. You're just slapping. Yep. Well, if we ever go, if if, uh, the next year's Nova happens, then we'll have to all play that, have the tournament tournament of champions. If they have one (laughs) upcoming and it's like a side thing and it doesn't like interrupt anything else, like I might like take a look at that. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only, yeah. If we Jason, drag like, you into it, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, All Jason, right. man. Hey, thanks for coming, man. We, we're we're really glad to have you, and 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 thanks for helping us out with the Slanesh and all and all the other stuff uh, coming out of the core box. Um, we really appreciate. It. Um, anything you you wanna you wanna plug or talk about? Uh, I mean, you know, just thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate actually getting on to record a podcast. Although I am part of uh, the Battle Mallet podcast, we've been on a little bit of a break here given, you know, COVID and the lockdowns and just the, the impact it's had on our families. As uh, our listeners and you guys may know, we f- we focus more on kind of family fun and community over there than the, the competitive side. Uh, so the team is, is definitely uh, used the lockdown to to make sure that we have our priorities right at home. And that's why we haven't recorded. But you can come check me out there. I still post on Facebook and, and are active on our Discord and stuff like that. But once again, it's been fun to uh, to record an episode again uh, here and uh, great to talk to you guys. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, Jason, we we, we wouldn't uh, we were, we were trying to get get you and, and, and the Battle Mallet guys represented on ours for a while. So thanks for coming on, man. All right. So we want to thank Jason for joining us today. I think we did it. Did we do it? Randall? We sure did. We sure did. We did. All right. So remember, everybody, please go facebook like the uh page we have on facebook uh make sure that when you go on itunes we're on spotify now uh we're on podbean uh make sure that you uh you know you you click subscribe make sure you leave a rating or a comment really helps to to make sure all of your favorite uh podcasts by the way make sure that you do that um so yeah so we'll uh we'll sign off so for battle for salvation i am max bernstein i am randall slate and we'll see you all next time